Welcome back to another episode of Signal Fire Radio, a show about ambitious leadership for ambitious leaders, where each and every day we set out to conquer the villain of self-doubt by having encouraging conversations designed to feed the mind, strengthen the body, enrich your spirit, and grow your tribe. We have a very special Signal Fireside chat scheduled for you today, uh, and uh, we actually have a uh, what, what do you want to call yourself, Chase? I mean, you're a business partner to Signal Fire now. Are we going to call you Evan Substitute? Are we going to call you... I, I mean, I don't... To be fair, I don't really think anyone can substitute for Evan. No, it's... it's so we shouldn't even go there. Yeah. No. You're, you're like... Uh, well, you know, poor... We, we won't even miss Evan because we barely even see him when he's here anyways. We just look right over the top of him because he's so wee, but... These chairs have hydraulics. So <clears> they do. We got these chairs special special for Evan, so that way his feet won't touch the floor when it's at its highest point, but nonetheless... We keep the, we keep the cameras <laughs> oriented a little higher. <laughs> we shoot low and we shoot up, so Evan looks larger than what he is. Well, we've got Chase Roth with us, who's going to be uh, subbing in for um, Evan today. And of course, Matt, as always, is here with us. Matthew, the narwhal from NorCal. How are you today, my friend? I am healthy. We are COVID-less and we're coming to you live from our first dedicated Signal Fire studio. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool. HQ1, I think we're going to call it. I don't know. We're kicking around names. Signal Fire Studios for the time being, right? Yeah. And we have some special guests all the way in from Los Angeles. Who are recording us for for you, Matt? You worked this all out. I mean, how did all this come? Well, I didn't really to work it out, but I yeah, had the privilege. Aviva of, contacted you, right? right. And okay. I haven't shared this with Aviva yet, but a week ago, I get a DM, a fairly lengthy DM, considering I had never had any contact with this person on LinkedIn. So I initially was just like. This is a bot. Yeah, you screenshotted it and you sent it to I was us. I like, what like, is what do you, this? You guys think this is legit? Yeah, I was like, this is somebody in South Sudan trying to extort money out of me. So I, you know, I shared it with Rob and Evan. I said, hey, you know, this lady just reached out to me, claims to be a journalist. And I, you know, I was just like, I, I literally disregarded it saying this is just some fake thing. So I was like, well, I'm still going to reach out to her. So I responded. And I was like, oh, I was pleasantly surprised that I got a fairly quick response. And then I was like, all right, well, let's put some money on the table. Like, let's have a call. Because I And I was literally assuming that she was going to tell me, like, no, 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 let's just keep it, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, via yeah, text yeah. or whatever. Send us $1,500, and, uh, and then we'll tell a story about single right, fire. Right, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> So I scheduled a call, and then the next morning, um, Chase and I had a conversation with her. And um, Aviva Freed... She's a, 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 a French national living in L.A. Uh, she's a, a tenured journalist and um, works for, well, owns her own media company called Back to You, um, but then also provides content for a Europe-based um, news agency. Is, I'm, I'm probably totally butchering this. Paraphrasing but, a little bit, yeah. Correct. So she, in uh, the, the context of the conversation was we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of 9-11 mm-hmm. and given the events of the last month or so in Afghanistan, their, you know, their, their current um, objective and their current project that they're working on is they want to talk to veterans that served in Iraq and Afghanistan and, um, you know, talk about how their experiences in theater when they were deployed, um, how it affected their lives until today. You mm-hmm. know, um, The focus of our show is successfully transitioning from your military career to you know, assimilate back into the civilian side 
thriving not only professionally, but personally um, in your community as a family member. Um, so the, the context of what Signal Fire represents, coupled with the events of uh, Afghanistan as of recently and approaching the 20th anniversary, she was like, I saw you guys on Spectrum News. So shout out to Natalie Mooney. Yeah, good job, Natalie. Yeah, Natalie's the local um, Spectrum uh, journalist, rep, yeah, I, I don't know. that's right. Yeah. yeah, she came in a couple months ago and shot us in our old studio um, and then pushed it out on the airwaves for North Carolina. And from what I understand, the national team with Spectrum picked it up and push it out on the national platform. Yeah, and somebody from Virginia reach out to me, a guy that I was in the Marines with, Eric Willoughby. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't talked to him in probably twelve years, and he was like, "Hey, man, I just saw you on the news in Virginia." Right. I'm like, "Hey, how about that?" Right. It's and amazing I, the way that all works. And I had a conversation, exact same thing. One was up in New Jersey, and one was up in like the Seattle area. Mm-hmm. Just and bo- it was funny. Both of them were had seen us on the TV at the gym. Yeah. But. Regardless, um, well, of all the people to see on the news at the gym, looking at some pretty good looking ones, yeah, to, keep, to, moti- I mean, to motivate your stair stepper exercise. <laughs> Which, by the by the way, for <coughs> any of you that saw, that follow us on social media, please do our, our Instagram page is where we have the most fun now. But Matt, you have uh, remember we put out a poll: is it a stair stepper or a stair climber? I believe stair climber uh, was the winner. And it's not called a stair stepper. It's called a stair climber. Well, I've always called it a stair climber. But then when you brought it up in the gym, I was like, but you're not actually, you're not climbing anywhere. Yeah, you're, you're stepping, just stepping. But you're, you're just stepping. Yeah, you're yeah. essentially immobile. So. Well, you brought, up, you brought up a good point. And I think that's exactly why we wanted to jump on the microphones today. It's August 31st. Uh, we just got news this morning that uh, the last C-17 pulled out of Afghanistan last night or around midnight local time. Um, so it was the middle of the night while we were here. Um, in the U.S. And, um, you know, we've always been honest with our listeners um, and with our community. And we've always said, <clears throat> you know, be honest with yourself as you're getting out of the military. And so in, in that vein of, of being honest, dude, I don't think I've been more enraged or more pissed off for the last seven to 10 days. It's been a long, long time since I I've felt like this angry about something. Um, and I also think it's important that we express that, you know, as we go through life after service, because we only really have each other to talk to about, you know, these kinds of things. And Chase, I know you felt uh, a certain way about it. You know, you've gone and done some local TV news and, and given your thoughts on it. But, you know, paint for us the picture from, from your assessment, from a leadership position about how Afghanistan the exit went so wrong. <laughs> There's so much that could be said on that. Um, it, we're, all, we're all Marines sitting here at this table, so let's just start with the, the old Marine Corps acronym, JJ did tie buckle. Mm-hmm. Judgment and justice, the first two, right? Where was the judgment in making up an arbitrary withdrawal date and then just pulling everybody out with no actual plan? And then where was the justice with uh, the American citizens left behind? to, one, find their own way to Kabul, which ended up being the only extraction point available. And all our allies that have supported us for the last 20-plus years over there, I mean, just failed big on the first two right out the gate. Yeah, yeah. Talk, talk you know, there's, there's pieces of news coming in from all over the place. There's reports on this and reports on that. It's really hard to decipher what's real and, and what's, <clears throat> you know, fog of war type stuff. But, I mean, if you could, just from, just from Gunny Ross' perspective, like strategically, why did this go so wrong? Why, you know, just from a, a battlefield 
space and controlling controlling assets and whatnot that that led to the suicide bombing a couple days ago like what what is your strategic assessment been on all of this uh, it, it appears there was no uh, strategy with with what took place I mean I I don't see any strategy that would make any sense right we had control of all the major cities uh, we relinquished control of all those cities they're immediately captured by the Taliban we gave up the main airfield at Bagram and had to retake the Kabul airfield uh, and then told everyone who is still there, you, if you can get to Kabul, we'll maybe get you out, right? Which created this huge humanitarian crisis in Kabul at the airport, right. uh, which the Taliban controlled the city. So mm -hmm. now you have checkpoints set up and you have tens of thousands of people who know they're going to be murdered if they stay behind, trying to get to the airfield to fly out. The State Department's behind on paperwork because nobody planned to just all of a sudden leave by the end of August, right? This was something that could have been planned out. Um, and so, yeah, you've got tens of thousands of people crowding in on gates, creates the perfect opportunity for a suicide bomb. Right. Right? Nobody knows who anybody is. They're trying to filter out uh, people with paperwork from people that don't have paperwork. And the only way that happens is you have people jumping canals and waving passports or waving civ applications or whatever they have, letters mm -hmm. of recommendation from units they worked with and, and, and trying to get to safety. And it's super easy for a suicide bomber to just get in the mix and walk up and create a bad day. Why give up Bagram um, for Kabul? I have no idea. Why give up any of it? Why give up helicopters? Yeah. Why give up all the, uh, the millions of pieces of equipment, weapons, vehicles, everything else? Uh, I would, I'm going to keep referencing the Marine Corps because that's what I know best, but... Uh, the Marine Corps withdrew from the Frozen Chosen in Korea, surrounded by Chinese divisions, and maintained accountability of every piece of equipment and all personnel mm -hmm. under the worst conditions, uh, well in contact the entire time. But we couldn't withdraw from Afghanistan in the same manner with no timeline and no real opposition to mm -hmm. speak of. It's just, it's embarrassing. And, and, and the technology that we have now compared to the mid-40s is... Out well, of this, I mean, I mean you have everything at our fingertips to yeah. be able to, to exit not, successfully. Not just technology. I mean, technology is one thing, but look at look at who the adversary is compared to who the adversary was mm -hmm. in Korea, right? You had, you had two stand-up, you know, uh, conventional militaries that we were fighting, and we still managed to account for all right. gear and, and personnel, and here right. we, we just leave it there. Uh, it's disgusting. We, at one point, we were, we were buying back... Uh, you know, Soviet block weapons from the Afghans to get them off the battlefield so they couldn't be used against us. And now we're like, here, have all this yeah, free, $85 know, billion dollars worth of our stuff. Of modern, you know, high grade, the best stuff money can buy, uh, vehicles, everything. Um, I, I, you asked, what, what's the strategy? Clearly there was no mm -hmm. strategy. Clearly it was, well, let's just leave. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was an emotional decision uh, on, on the administration's part or you know, pressure from within the party or, or what have you, but there was clearly no strategy. Yeah. Matt, what, how are you, what are you hear, hearing from people like on how this is making our veteran community and population feel? I mean, it's synonymous with what <clears throat> Chase is saying. I mean, I think Chase is, I tell him this all the time, he's gifted at articulating very, very um, accurately. That's what like two his, rockers get you, buddy. <laughs> two rockers. <laughs> Which has to do with loose your rank sleeve. structure. Yeah, <laughs> loose rank gunning structure. sleeves and two rockers. For anybody that's not familiar with the Marine Corps, gunnery sergeant is, um, that's just a salty, seasoned rank that 
if you're a gunny, you've been around the block, and when he talks, you shut up and mm-hmm. listen. Um, and that's exactly what Chase is. Um, it's synonymous with, with what he said. And I've been over the last month, you know, my friends that are not veterans um, are asking me, you know, what's your take? How you feeling? How you doing? And I'll be honest, I am completely just in a state of shock as far as what my true emotions are right now. I, I can't even I, I'm not even at that point yet. Um, of course, it pisses me off. Um, but I also, you know, I, I, I know that um, it's a very complex um, mechanism as far as obviously war, but then how do you end war? It's even more complex than how you start it. Um, but I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just in a state of shock right now. Yeah. I don't know what to think. I don't know how I'm going to process whatever feelings I do end up having. Um, and I was in, Af- I mean, I was only in Afghanistan for a couple of months and that was at the very start of the war. Um, so my experiences in Afghanistan are, I'm sure, starkly different than, than, than Chase is. But at the same time, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of, of us from the United States, from Australia, from multiple countries in Europe, I mean, they, they shed blood yeah. in, in Afghanistan and, um, yeah, I don't think you, you had to have spent time boots on the ground in no. Afghanistan to to I never went to Afghanistan to feel something right and related it, to all of and this. And you bring up a great point because I have a lot of friends that are that I was talking about that are civilians that are saying, Well, how do you feel? So it's like I I mean, who cares how I feel? Yeah, I was there, but yeah. you're an American. Yeah. You know, you, you know that there's evil in the world. So I mean, how I feel, it's like yeah, there's some sort of value, the fact that like I've s- smelled the air and touched the dirt in Afghanistan, but I mean, you don't have to have served in the military period to have a valuable perspective. That's a that's a good point, Matt. But I, I, you know, this came up I think last week during one of the TV interviews that, that we were doing, and uh, you know, somebody asked a question like, you know, for 15 years, basically, uh, the American population kind of forgot mm-hmm. that there was anything going on over there. They didn't pay attention to it. You know, everybody was all wound up after 9/11, and uh, and they just kind of forgot about it. Iraq happened. You know, then that kind of wound down and then ISIS happened and Afghanistan just kind of kept going, right? Mm-hmm. These people were still dying over there. Uh, things were still happening, but America generally just didn't pay attention to it anymore. So now that this is happening and it's back in the news cycle again, I think there's a lot of people like, oh, we're still in Afghanistan. Like that's still a thing. Yeah. Uh, so they don't have the same emotional connection probably that service members have to it. Right. You know? and, and and don't get me wrong. I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I probably didn't articulate it as well as no, you No, no. I'm just saying, like, like Rob made a great point that he didn't serve in Afghanistan. He served in Iraq. But he's still upset about what's going on over there. Hell yeah. You know, and civilians should be too, right? Because it was their tax dollars. It was their countrymen's blood that was invested in the effort over there. And to see it concluded in the manner that it was concluded is offensive and irresponsible. So... Mm. Every American should be upset, not just service members who feel like they had more skin in the game than the average citizen. Right. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's, that's what I think. I yeah. Know. Yeah. I think yeah, you, you deserve to feel that way even before the suicide bombing that took yeah. 11 Marines and a sailor. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so we're forward-thinking people. At least we try to be. Um, you know, our mission with this show uh, is to... You know, provide people hope, motivation, encouragement to keep moving forward, right? Understanding that that there's going to be roadblocks and obstacles. And this is a significant one. It is a big 
it's a big time in our in our country's history. I mean, I I I have been talking like with my nieces and nephews. Some of them weren't even alive when September 11th happened, and so we're a generation removed from 9/11. Almost 20 years coming up here in a few days, and so um, <clears throat> to to y'all's point, maybe we've gotten a little too comfortable here since then. Um, and, and let our guard down in that citizens aren't as involved as they were, uh, in, you know, September of 2001 and leading up to the invasion and everything else. What do you guys make of that? Have we gotten a little bit too soft in all of this? Well, I don't think we've gotten too soft. I think we've always been too soft. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, I, I, I wasn't in country the day after 9-11, but, Everybody's Two heard days the stories. <laughs> no, 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 no. I meant I was not in the United States mm. the day after 9-11 or the days preceding 9-11. And everybody's heard the stories about like, oh, you know, September 12th was the most patriotic day of the 20th century. 21st century. Mm-hmm. 21st, 21st century. Whatever. Um, and, you know, we're, we're a, uh, we're like a hair trigger, Nate. Like our culture is just like, let's respond to whatever's in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's really disheartening because on, on the, you know, the military side, we're a part of the narrative for years to come, but to a typical civilian, 9-11 happens, everybody's pissed off, they're waving their fists and then, you know, just give it a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Everybody calms down. It's like, ah, this is the way life is. Um, is it a product of the news cycle information overload that we, that you think our memories are that short or like, why does that? I don't think it's that the memories are, are short. I think it's just. It's like being an American, living in the United States, we are, it's pathetic. And I try to be very deliberate about having conversations with my daughters about it. Like, we don't have problems, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, right now is, is probably the darkest time that, that I've seen in my 40 years. But, like, we really don't have problems. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole white-collar problems or, you we know. first-world problems. Yeah, yeah for, that's a real freaking right, thing. Right. And we I think that the Taliban going door-to-door. Yeah. rounding up people absolutely like what's happening there right now have you seen a teenage girl get stuffed in a hole and have rocks thrown at her till she's dead because she didn't want to be the fourth wife of some 65 year old village elder yeah right like that's a problem mm-hmm. right we don't we don't have those How, kinds of problems th- well then that's what i guess i don't understand about all of this is like you know from a from a s- societal standpoint everybody will tell you uh, we're not the world police and and i would agree with that to a certain extent we we can't we can't fix the problems of the world from the United States of America, every single problem that exists in the world. It's not practical. It's not no. reasonable. <clears throat> but, but, and, and, and I probably grew just as tired um, of Afghanistan or Iraq as anybody um, and, and us having a significant presence there. But back to the strategic thinking, I mean, what, what's the harm of keeping Bagram Air Force Base and keeping 2,500, you know, soldiers or airmen or Marines on rotation there to stop exactly that kind of thing? It's a pre- we're preventative measure to people going door to door and stuffing 14-year-old girls in a hole and throwing rocks at them because they won't marry another 65-year-old man. Like, why would we not continue to or do that? Even even take it a, a level higher than that, right? Like, maybe we, like you said, we can't prevent every injustice on the planet from happening. But for 20 years, did we have any other major attacks on the homeland? No. We didn't, right? And it originated 
we're told, from Afghanistan, which is why we went in there in the first place, right. was to hunt down the perpetrators of 9-11 and to prevent another attack on the homeland by denying a terrorist safe haven. And for 20 years, we were successful at that, which is why most Americans were able to just forget about it, because we were successful every day. Mm-hmm. Right. And to your point, what's the harm in keeping a, a presence there? I don't know. We have a presence in Germany still. Right. right? Japan. Post-World War II. Japan, Korea. Korea. Anywhere we've been, just We about. haven't given up any of those presences. So why would we give up a presence in Central Asia where there's still a current threat and hand it over to <clears> China <throat> and Russia? Uh, Is there a geopolitical geopolitical reason, in your opinion, why that why that has was the decision that was made? Because you've got a lot you've got a lot of adversarial nations that touch Afghanistan, that probably want a part of the lithium mines that are in the northwestern part of that country. I mean, have we made ourselves any safer by by making this decision? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think geopolitically, the only reason you would do something like that is if you want to be, uh, in a position of weakness, Mm -hmm. uh, both militarily and economically. Like you said, the lithium, they're estimating what? Trillions. I I can't remember the percentage of the world's lithium they're estimating is located in in Afghanistan, which is used to make all the batteries that power all our stuff. And our phones are- And those, those, those are made in China. And they're all made in China. And we just gave Afghanistan- to China mm-hmm. said, here, have fun. Yeah. Right? And they're not going to have the, the same kind of problems, right? Because they're not going to play by the, the same sort of uh, uh, moral rules that right. we play by. They right, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to have ta- no problem going to the Taliban like, look, don't play ball, yeah. right, and see what happens. I don't think the uh, Taliban really cares that much about the Uyghurs in China. I really don't think they care too much about apparently it. Apparently, we don't either, Yeah. right? No? I don't know. What do yeah. you think, Matt? Well, didn't they just build like some sort of like direct high, sp- not high yeah, speed, but like some rail system to yeah, go from Afghanistan East China. China to Afghanistan? Yeah. For, I mean, I would imagine I'm kind of removed from the geopolitical economic conversation about Afghanistan, but you don't get the text messages from Scott. I get a lot of text <laughs> messages. Well, yeah, I mean, back to the earlier point of, of, of how we move forward, because we can only control what we think and what we feel and what we do personally. We can't control that for every other person to your left and to your right. In in our community, I know our veteran community is hurting specifically. You've seen the images, uh, of, you know, of dignified transfers and people being taken home, things that I did for a long time in my military career, and each and every one of those affects me. And so I've been sitting there going, all right, well, what the hell are we going to do next about all this? You know, how do we, how do we <clears throat> wake up the next morning, put our pants on, put our shoes on, and go continue to make a difference in our family, in our place of business, in our community, and understand that there's going to be a lot of bad shit that continues to happen around the world. And there's going to be politicians that are going to F things up royally because that's literally what they do. But how do, how do we at least start with ourselves and make some positive change and move forward from this? Like, what do you think, Matt? Well, I mean, fundamentally for me personally, I mean, I'm, I'm a man of faith. Um, I'm, I'm a Christian, and that lies, at, I mean, that lies at the nucleus of who I am. So that's going to determine how I function in every aspect of my life, or at least I want it to. Um, so I, I, I think it's important for me personally to... Um, be processing this in whatever way I can in, in my personal faith, mm-hmm. um, and then being very, very deliberate in how I steer any narrative that I'm a part of with every stakeholder in our community, be it civilians, veterans, whatever. Um, I think it's important, extremely important to be as positive as possible without being like, you know, foolish. Yeah. 
but at the end of the day, it's like, what point is there in embracing um, just negativity? Um, but, uh, you know, really just coming together, supporting one another um, and doing our best to positively impact whatever we can when we can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things about being in the West and living in the United States is like, I, I feel like we have an obligation as a country and as community members to be stewards of whatever assets and resources we have. Um, we have we have a show, and mind you, it's not this nationally syndicated show, but we have listeners and, and we have people that, that follow the show, and I think it's important for us to continue holding on to the framework of what we are at Signal Fire Radio by having positive conversations that are aimed at, you know, impacting the well-being of the four main aspects of our lives. Um, so I, I think we just need to keep on doing what we're doing mm-hmm. and process, you know, elements as as they land in our lap. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Chase has something more. Well, be- before, you, before you respond, Chase, I just want to, like, maybe four or five months ago, you and I had a conversation, a private conversation, and it was like, at what point is enough enough? Mm-hmm. And then citizens who feel like they either don't have a voice or they don't have a way to impact change at the macro level when you start seeing evil happening all all around you at what point is enough enough and what do you do then have you had any more thought about that since you and I had that first conversation I think about it all the time and it's it's I think I think we're at the point we've been at the point for a while now where enough's enough um but what to do, right? I don't know. We, we've all followed the story of uh, a lieutenant colonel who recently decided he had enough mm-hmm. uh, and, and decided that there, there wasn't enough accountability of senior leadership in the military at the very top, at the Pentagon level and the Joint Chiefs of Staff level, um, and all the way up to the, uh, the commander-in-chief. And, uh, you know, his way of, of saying enough was enough was he, he took a stand and put his career on the line to make a statement and demand accountability. It took less than a day for him to lose his job and right. be fired, you know. Um, so, you know, going through the proper channels, I don't think would have done them any good either. So there, there's definitely a, a, a point where people have to take action. Um, and I think each individual needs to assess what, what action that probably is going to be that would be best for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, this Lieutenant Colonel decided that, you know, his, 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 uh, efforts would be best, uh, or be most effective outside of the military, yeah. which is why he took the actions he took. He didn't feel like he could make any changes from within the organization that needed to happen from without, and that's his path. I think we all need to choose our own paths. Yeah. But to Matt's earlier point about being, uh, you know, being a beacon of positivity and hope, I think that's really important right now. Uh, you know, we, we talk about the veterans themselves that are, are hurting and struggling to process all this. Imagine being a gold star spouse. Yeah, yeah, or yeah a seriously. a gold star you know, son or daughter that, that doesn't have a father that's there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many of those in our network that we know. I mean, imagine what it's like to try and process what's going on in Afghanistan when your spouse or your parent or your son or daughter gave their life for the effort, and now it's like, oh, well, you know, here here you go, Taliban, mm-hmm. have it back. You know, I saw a, meet or a, a tweet. I don't know who, who tweeted it, uh, if it was from someone in the U.S. or not, but... It was so pointed, and it, and it cut so deep. Uh, the guy said, the U.S. took four presidents, 20 years, trillions of dollars, and thousands of lives to replace Taliban with Taliban. Mm. Yeah. Right. And, and hearing it put like that, wow, does it hurt, yeah. right? So, 
you know, it's, we got to do what we always do, uh, which is take care of our own. And we got to make sure that all the Gold Star families out there are, are getting through this okay, um, as best they can, you know, just like they've been struggling since, you know, they became a Gold Star family. Um, and then looking out for the, the veteran community as a whole, like Matt said. And I think this is how we do it is, you know, we, we continue to talk. We continue to have a voice uh, both on the air and on our show, but also in person at all the different stuff that we're involved with. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last thing that you can do is just like feel like you're on an island, yeah. lock yourself in a dark room and just be angry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. and, and. Which is easy to do right it now, is. right? Because, it really is. Because it's such a big problem. You sit and you think, well, how how, how can, could I solve? Uh, yeah, how, how can, can I Chase have any here impact? in Wilmington, right. who's not politically connected and doesn't have a billion dollars in the bank, make a difference on a level that's going to matter? Yeah, right? like it's really easy to 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 go internal and just have a pity party and think that you can't you can't solve anything. Yeah, and you can't on your own. But you can like this, right? Yeah. Uh, like Matt said, you know, use your collective voice to, to have a difference. Well, I think you made a great point about uh, Stu Scheller, Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, yeah. who, I mean, he's in, in <clears throat> with one post on social media, has become, whether he wanted to or not, a symbol, at least maybe to people with more right-leaning political um, aspersions, I guess would be the word that I would use, is becoming uh, uh, an icon in that dude's everywhere. His story's gone completely viral in saying, no, this isn't right. Um, and I'm willing to give up my career, even though I had nothing to do with it. I'm willing to give up my career to say there's still good people who are willing to do the right thing and to put everything on the line for their own personal gain. Well, I shouldn't say his, he's, he's not doing this for personal gain, but he's giving up his retirement benefits. I, I saw that he said the other day, he's like, I'm not going to take a dollar from the VA in all of this. Like that, he gave a career. He gave a career. 17 years. 17 years. He had three years left to go to, to, to get 20 and drop papers and probably, and either retires lieutenant colonel or a colonel, which is a nice pension and, and disability benefits that he earned, just like the three of us in this room earned ours. Um, but you know, if, you see, I, I think to, to sum it all up <clears throat> and to answer the question of, like, what can an individual do, look to somebody like that um, and, and then be something. If there's no community around you, do what Chase did. Go build the Veterans Business Collective or start your own podcast. It doesn't matter if four or five people are listening to it, but if those four or five people are getting something from it and they're getting some healing or they're getting, like, the feeling that, hey, maybe I'm, I'm not alone in all of this, that's what's going to create, I hope, a solution to it all where people can feel like they're actually contributing, they're actually doing something, and there's, there's some growth on the other side of that trauma for people. Right. And I'll, I mean, I'll be honest, you, what you just described nails on the head my own personal, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say recovery, but I've... I've talked about it on the show a bunch of times. I've been out of active service for 13 years and it wasn't until the last two years or so that I've actually started, I don't, I guess processing, but making positive changes and taking advantage of the resources that I have, like our veterans community here in Wilmington, my individual race relationships with, you know, with Chase, with Rob, with Evan. I mean, um, and I, and I feel like that's exactly the key to how we're going to, um, you know, affect positive things in Americans' lives is by taking advantage of every opportunity that we have to, to do that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Back to your point, Rob, of uh, you know being a voice in your community. You know that's the whole the whole intent behind Signal Fire, right? Is mm-hmm. to be that that beacon in your community of, of good in all the four areas of, of life that we talk about all the time. But um, I think the veteran community is uniquely poised to do that. You know, we just Lieutenant Colonel Schiller is a great example of somebody who's willing to just stand up, sacrifice it all, and be like, "Look, enough's enough. Yeah. This is wrong." Yeah. Right? Um, and if you look at the, 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 the rally behind him, you know, I've read through hundreds of comments on, on his videos. You maybe find out of 500 comments, like one guy that doesn't yeah. agree with the, the decision he made or no one that disagrees with his opinion. Maybe they just disagree with the way he went the approach, about yeah. it, right? Which, which says something, right? That the, there's a lot of us that are like-minded that are thinking the same way. Um, and I, I think there's opportunity, uh, you know, to be organized, uh, through efforts like this and through organizations like the Veteran Business Collective, but also to just take a more active role in the community. Mm-hmm. Be more known, meet more people, talk to more people, and be uh, forthcoming with your, with your opinions. Because I think too many people are afraid to share how they feel because they're afraid they're going to be judged for, for how they feel. Yeah. But clearly you can state how you feel and be accepted just like Lieutenant Colonel Scheller did. Right. He stated how he felt. And the outpouring of support, I mean, how many GoFundMes were set up within 24 hours and yeah. the guy didn't even ask for money? Yeah. Right? It's like he's, like, <clears throat> on the street begging. Right. And still people are like, dude, let's get this guy some money. He's yeah. going to make a difference. Let's get behind him. So, yeah, state your opinion. Share your uh, your, your thoughts and uh, and just be involved in the community. Become mm-hmm. more known instead of just hiding in your hole and thinking you can't make a difference. Yep. Get out there. Yep. Talk. Yeah, you're 100% right. Well, I, I personally feel a little bit better than what I did when we walked in here. Jay sat down that you were you were talking to Aviva and Cristal and he was like, "Are you okay, dude? You look a little." <laughs> you, the vein that comes out of your forehead is exceptionally bulgy and uh, and pulsating today. So I'm glad we had the opportunity to talk about it, get some things off our chest. I'm sure this won't be the first, the last conversation that we have about this as as time goes forward. But um, yeah, I think that I think that if we can bottom line up front, bluff it, um, you have to go do something. You just have to. You have to get up and you have to go make some things happen. And if that means pulling two or three buddies together and saying, hey, let's just go do whatever. Let's go clean up the beach. Let's <clears throat> let's go feed some homeless veterans. Do, you've got to continue to contribute to at the community level if you want to impact, if you want that impact to compound and eventually be great and we stop having a deal <laughs> or we have at least an outlet uh, where we can where we can process and we can deal with other people's really dumb choices that in this particular instance regrettably got almost 200 people killed. Um, I just don't know any other way to say that. There is no other way. You're, you're exactly right, Rob. Everybody wants, you know, one knight in shining armor to come riding in. and Doesn't happen. Save Doesn't happen. That's yeah. not how it works, yeah. right? And, and you can look at history, like MLK, um, he didn't do it by himself. No. How many millions of people joined his marches and got behind his cause right. to make a difference? Right. It took the actions of millions doing the little right things mm-hmm. every day, like you just said, clean the beach, get involved with this or that, right? Millions of people are doing that. It elevates the entire nation. Yeah. And, and that's the change for good. It's not going to be one person that comes swooping in and saves the day. It's just not going to happen. Right. Right. Well, if anything, um, you know, we lost we lost 12 Marines and a sailor or 11 Marines and a sailor. Um, I just hope this serves as a wake up call to people. You know, um, <clears throat> anytime there's loss of life associated with 
with combat, it's difficult. This feels incredibly senseless in that uh, it happened and could have completely been avoided. Completely. Um, and so, you know, the, the next thing the next thing that we can do, for, uh, the, the next best thing is what you do from here. Um, you know, I just hope anybody that listens understands that there's a choice that can be made and you can continue to be pissed off and you continue to be angry about it and let that eat you up and consume you or you can go do something about it. So um, that's our message to you here. Uh, and we're going to wrap up. Matt, anything else you got left? Do you want to any saved rounds, as they might say? Um. <laughs> that's been a I, I conjured that up from somewhere deep, deep in a repressed memory. I never had save rounds. Yeah, no, you didn't. <laughs> um, I'm glad we had this conversation. Um, I'm, I'm glad that Aviva and Krista were, uh, saw the value in, in, in kind of documenting this conversation and our experiences and our thoughts. But um, let's just keep being well, Let's a hope they think it's good because we don't know. They might they might just scrap this whole thing and it never it never makes it, it never not, makes not, it to we the never end. we never get our big break in Europe. <laughs> We're gonna be huge in France, man, especially in northern France. No, I think uh, <clears throat> um, I think this this episode just is, epitomizes being a signal fire in, in our community, yeah. um, and that's what we do now, and that's absolutely what we got to continue doing. Future future mayor of Wilmington, Chase Roth. Anything oh, you want to? Well, I thought add? you were gonna say Matt. Oh no no we're we're putting you up for uh, mayor, dude. No, we've, we've, we've well established I have no political future. <laughs> Way too many skeletons. That'll be chief of staff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unelected bureaucrat, right? Right. Chase, anything to add, brother? You know, we, this conversation could go on for hours because yeah, there's really just could. so much to say. There's so much wrong with what's going on. But, uh, you know, I think, I think we covered the main points pretty well. And uh, I think the message that was put out today was uh, a positive one and one that needs to be heard. So. Yep. I think we're, we're at a good ending point. All right, man. Well, until next time, thank you for joining us for another Signal Fireside chat. Go out and feed your mind, strengthen your body, enrich your spirit, and grow your tribe, and go be a Signal Fire in your community. We will talk to you next week.